Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. One of the things we get all the time is from companies when they see myself or one of our coaches demonstrate our skill set or how to role play or how to navigate a conversation. And they always ask, how did you get this way? You know, how... Are you so fluent and how can you navigate that conversation? And it's really kind of funny because the number one thing we hear in our business is, boy, if I had more time to coach, I'd coach. And time is always one of those things that's brought up all the time. It's really a mask. And it really goes back to what do I do and what do I say? So let me illustrate that point for you. Think about a leader every day. They walk into the office, they encompass some work, they work with certain people, and they'll have people from varying degrees lacking motivation, two high potentials not working well together, someone with a negative attitude, somebody who just doesn't seem to have a sense of urgency and kind of goes at their own pace and we need more work out of them. All of those require different types of conversations. Now, on the flip side, I think every leader would love it if we could go up to someone who is lacking a positive attitude and say, be positive, or someone who's lacking motivation and say, geez, would you just become more motivated? Or the two people who don't work well together, would you two just get along and it actually worked? Wouldn't that be awesome? Now, I know that's sarcastic, but that's what leaders go through every single day. And now that we're in this new virtual world, those conversations are even becoming tougher because we don't see people as much. So when I get the question, how does someone become a great workplace coach? Again, high level, there's two things. One, they need to know what to say and what to do. That's it. Now, I'm going to drill down into three areas that really support those two things called what to say and what to do. First is questions. Second is thoughtfully and professionally being perceived. It is a component of emotional intelligence. I'll touch on that here in a second. Third, how to navigate the conversation. So let's go back up to the first one, questions. So often, if we have someone who's negative, what do we do? We tell them not to be negative. See, we tend to want to correct and fix what we see is wrong. Yet, what if we got that employee to look at things from a different perspective? And what if we use something called a self-actualized question, such as, what are you going to do to positively get back to that other person? What are you going to do to positively accept the change being bestowed upon you? Now, often when I coach and I work with people, It's one of the top questions I use because it's so simple. It's a what question plus a success imperative. Now, let's say we have someone who's really lacking motivation. 
What if we had a conversation using a question such as a rating question, such as, Charlie, on a scale of one to six, six, you are highly motivated. You know exactly what you want to do. You know exactly where you're going and what you need to do to get there. And one, you're a little unsure of yourself and you're a little bit choppy in that understanding. Where would you rate yourself? Now, what if Charlie says a two? And I say, wow, that's, that's cool. Thanks for sharing that with me. Why a two? I don't know what I want to do. I know what I'm doing right now. It's not what I really love. That's a different conversation than someone who says, I'm about a four or five. And you say, oh, why a four or five? Well, it's okay. It's, it's a job. You know, I don't have any big career aspirations of, you know, moving up in the company. I just want to do my job and go home. Both of those elicited different responses using the different type of questions, meaning the rating question gave you two different types of responses. Now, with that being said, you can react differently in each one. So the first one, we could say, well, what do we need to do together to discover, to move you in a direction of a six versus someone who's saying a four or five and they just want to do their job? You might take a little bit more of an aggressive stance and say, you know, Charlie, what if we needed you at a five or six and we needed you to hypothetically be at a more motivated state? How would you react to that? Now, the reason I use a hypothetical question is I want him to be honest with himself. I want him to engage in the conversation. I don't want to start attacking him because if I attack him, he's going to shut down. That's the simplicity of how you use questions. Now, let's say that conversation continued and the person just kept saying, I just want to do my job and go home. Hmm. You might take a little bit more of an aggressive stance and say, well, Charlie, I'm going to leave you with a thought. I want to get back together tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, maybe late in the day. And I want you to take the next 24 hours and I want you to think about something. I don't want you to respond now. What if there was tremendous risk in your thought process of just wanting to do your job? Now, Charlie will want to respond right then and there. And you say, no, 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 Charlie, I, I just want you to think about it. I want to come back. I want to, I want to reopen the conversation around. I want to give you something to think about. Now, what I just demonstrated is something called reflective coaching. I also used a rule of engagement. You're not going to respond. Now, the reason I'm demonstrating this to you is I'm showing you different sequences you can go through. So when we become skilled at questions, we also become very, very skilled at navigating the conversation, which I'll talk about last. The second thing is when you are having conversations and you are asking questions, there's a huge contradiction going on. See, employees don't want to be told what to do, yet they do want to be told what to do. Let me explain that. Most employees want to have their voice heard. Most of them have ideas, and that's awesome. Yet, when we start asking questions, there's a transition they go through because they become more accountable. They become, for lack of better description, a little bit more exposed. So when you start asking questions such as, what do you think we should do? What would be the steps you would encourage us to take? That's a little different than complaining about not being asked and always being told what to do. So there's a transition there. So our demeanor, being thoughtful and professional and upbeat, will create greater engaging conversations.
And when we lead with people's strengths, we open up the door to opportunities of where people need to improve. So the second element is, is we have to be very conscientious as workplace leaders in how we're being perceived. So if I go up to somebody and say, that presentation was terrible, it was awful, I can't hide behind my intent and said, I'm just trying to help versus going up to somebody and saying, you know, Barb, I would love to sit down with you and chat about your presentation today. And I'd love to explore um, how you felt it went uh, with your permission. I'd love to share with you some opportunities where you could take it to the next level and certainly share some uh, insights of what I thought went really well. Which one would you respond to? Which one was a more thoughtful and professional perception? See, there's always that battle of perception versus intent. The way we approach, the way we coach is the way people will receive us. And it's not a perfect science. Yet, if we are conscientious of having a thoughtful and professional conversation, good things will happen. Let me give you another case in point. When we are having conversations of conflict, most people don't like to have them. But confronting is nothing more than building awareness of where somebody has an awesome opportunity to improve that most people won't go. Yet we tend to let them go to what? The bottom of the ninth inning, we've got to have the conversation. Then guess what happens? It becomes an explosion. So it goes back to, what if we had a conversation of conflict thoughtfully and professionally? Wouldn't the person on the other end potentially receive it more successfully? Let me give you an example. So Tom, I think we have an awesome opportunity to work more effectively together. And I would love with your permission to share some insights of how I think that potentially could be done. And I certainly want to give you uh, ample time to share your insights and thoughts as well. W would that be cool if we explored that together? That is the start of a conversation where maybe I don't feel like I'm working well with Tom. Now, if I let it build up and I tell six other people I'm frustrated with Tom and it gets back to Tom, guess what? That conversation is destroyed. The trust between us is inevitably gone forever. It happens every day in the workplace. Why? We don't know what questions to ask. We're not aware of our thoughtful and professional perception, and it leads us to number three. How do we navigate these conversations? Do we have conversations to win, or do we have conversations to have conversations? Now, if I go after Tom and say, Tom, you can be a real jerk. Am I honestly expecting him after the word jerk to come up and hug and kiss me and say, Tim, thank you so much for the revelation. I just love your insight. Please tell me you're laughing. So the way we navigate conversations is not always to have the answer. It's really to do a couple fundamental things. Be thoughtful in our approach. Use the following words. We share opportunity, perspective, and observation. I just demonstrated that no more than a minute ago. Number two. Listen to understand. Don't listen to respond. Put yourself in a mindset of listening to demonstrate active listening, such as, Tom, here are the three things I heard you say. Is there anything potentially I missed? That buys you time, but it shows incredible thoughtfulness, trust, professionalism that will position you to continue to have an engaging conversation. Now, one of the biggest questions we get all the time in navigating conversations is, what if you don't know what to say? 
Keep asking questions. What if you don't know what to say and you don't know what questions to ask? Tell them, I don't know where to take this. Let's get back together next week. This has really been a great conversation up to this point. I kind of want to just digest my notes. That's called thoughtfulness. You don't want to fake it. So the three elements of being a great workplace coaches are mastery of coaching questions, our ability to be thoughtful and professional in terms of the perception we create, and third, knowing how to navigate the conversations. Now, navigating conversations, there's not one, there's not two, there's not 10, there's not 100 roadmaps to get you there. There are thousands. We are dealing with people. We cannot predict how people are going to behave and respond. So the navigation is staying in the moment, demonstrating active listening, listening to understand, not to respond, being authentic, being honest, thinking about more questions to ask when you don't know where to take things. That's okay. This is not called perfection. It is called conversations. So the key elements that managers need to work on are what to say and what to do. If we think about that in the context of asking questions, which build great insight to how people can see themselves, and it builds great self-awareness, if we are thoughtful in perception, we erode the behavioral interpretation. And last, if we are okay with navigating the conversations through questions and clarifications and active listening and not always trying to have the answer, we will be way, way ahead. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign 7 to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called coach to you We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.